Today's TribCast is presented by Teladoc. Teladoc is honored to help Texans across the Lone Star State access affordable, quality health care. Learn more at Teladoc.com. Texas Talking Out. What was that that you said? Texas Talking Out. Gonna hoop upside your head. Texas Talking Out. Tell me who can you trust when Texas Gods are Texas Gods Hello, this is Gina Hinojosa, Texas Representative-Elect for House District 49. As a freshman Democrat from Austin, if you need to reach me, you can find me in my new legislative office in the extension broom closet. So come on by. We love visitors. Enjoy this week's TribCast. And now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with your TribCast for the final day of November. If you are tuning in live on Facebook, you will have noticed that Evan just flipped me the bird twice. <laughs> I flipped you the double bird. The double bird. Don't deny me. It's a double eagle here. Flying. <laughs> double eagle, right. Uh, I'm joined by bird flipper Evan Smith. So you don't even know who the intro was, do you? Yeah, it was Gina Hinosa. God, I thought you didn't know. Because we can't hear it in the room when you play it. Did you listen to it? Of course I listened to it. It was really it. funny. It, yes, it came across on my email. Everybody who heard the TripCast intro and then heard you say that thinks we're all drunk already, which is uh, too bad because we're not drunk on, Honestly, I... I it's a shame. Executive editor, drunk. executive editor Ross Ramsey, who has great new glasses that you might not have seen unless you're watching on Facebook. Howdy. And reporter Patrick Svitek. Awful, Good afternoon. Awful yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're no, like I eight know, months old. Making, he has my old glasses. Yeah. They were hand-me-downs. Are you drunk, yeah. Svitek? <laughs> I'm not. This is not filled with it's some not, delicious no. brown liquid. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, well, we had a, a hugely attended legislative symposium this week. We um, did. We had three medical emergencies within the first hour. We did? Yeah. What is happened? That true? I would say that the audience was... Something you said? I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Joe Strauss, they got, exactly. Over, they got overstressed listening to the speaker. No, the they heard Paul Bettencourt sighing really loudly, and they went, oh, my heart, I can't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He did sigh a lot. It was, yes. Well, when you're talking to Evan, there are a lot of things to it sigh It was the about. excitement of seeing Jonathan Tylove and Erica Greeter <laughs> on stage together. It was like uh, Jonathan Tylove had the best line of the day. I have never heard a better line than the yeah, line of Jonathan Tylove. He said, Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott <laughs> tweets like Dan Patrick, but governs like Joe Strauss. It was. That I wish is I had thought of great line. I, I wish I had thought of Evan after it was like, how did I not come up? God, with I'm that? so mad that I right. didn't come up with that. And Eric said, if you use that, I might steal that. Erica Greeter was like sitting so far from all you guys <laughs> on the stage. It was like she was like, get me away from these jokers. <laughs> she got more and more uh, uh, spicy by the time the thing was going. I mean, by the end of it, I was thought we have to end this now, otherwise she's going to say something. True, but her chair was like teetering on the edge of the stage. She was hardly in the, in the shot. So. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want to talk about the press corps. I actually wanted to talk about the things that Joe Strauss said with yeah, you, I Evan. About, I don't want to talk about the press corps. I oh, I thought you were going to say you didn't want to talk about Joe Strauss. No, I want to talk about Joe Strauss. Uh, well, why don't you start? He said some pretty interesting things. I mean, starting with uh, your conversation around the Medicaid cuts for the services for children with disabilities. He, 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 made, he made news in that he said Said the House intends to come back and effectively call, it, call a do-over on the on the cuts. So the cuts are happening in like two weeks. So basically, we're December fifteenth gonna... is when the cuts go into effect, right? Well, has CMS approved this? Has the have the Feds approved the cuts? I mean, is this? I don't do the Feds have to start the machinery on this thing, and it's it's kind of a slow machine. Is it December fifteenth? Am I hallucinating that? Uh, that was the it, that they was said the date in the story. I yes. thought it was soon. Right. right. I I thought it was effective that date. Um, um, which, but I guess. 
Here's the question I have. You people who are smarter than me, which is everybody on the earth. True. Answer this for me. Uh, except for Todd. Not, not Todd. <laughs> um, uh, can he just say that? Can he just come in and wave his wand, his Strauss wand, and just say this is undone? Doesn't the Senate get a say in this? Yeah, they do get a say in this. This is going to be, come back gotta be this. a... They might. I mean, you know, if the if the choice politically is cut these kids out or don't cut these kids out, how are you going to vote? How much money is it? That's been you know, the I choice mean, to begin with. They, well, no, but no, if it's if it's, it's a direct agency. vote, it's the agency making right. the cuts. I mean, the legislators have really been creamed on this issue. I actually think Strauss is right. I I yeah. think there's going to be the incentive in both the Senate and the House to restore this funding because they have heard from these you know the disability community, these parents. Oh my God, there have been lawsuits over this. Right. I mean, this have is you the, heard anybody in the Senate or anybody in leadership? And the senator, the lieutenant governor himself, say what Strauss said yesterday. Um, not yet, and and Patrick has certainly not released yet. a lot of priorities. And then, and, we just but, got five but, more. Has anybody time, called behind? Not only give Rosenthal a tip here, but has anybody called behind this and said to Patrick's office, "Are you going to come back with the same statement?" Well, you've got to also say that nobody yeah. jumped up and said, "No, we're not going to do what the speaker said." Well, that assumed that they were paying attention. I they were they were certainly paying, paying attention. attention. Uh, yeah. If you're paying attention, just a reminder that you can send us questions via Facebook. Also, Sherry Sylvester, if you're watching this on Facebook, would you text Emily and let her know if the lieutenant governor intends to follow <laughs> the speaker's lead on this? Right. Well, I'll yeah. actually be on stage with Sherry Sylvester tomorrow um, educating the new members of the legislature. What are you telling them? I don't know, but the f- morning after, Corey has to educate the spouses of the members of the legislature. The How new did members. Corey get that gig? I don't know, but I mean, wow. what are you going to tell them? What does that mean? Like, you're not going to see do you your tell spouse. The oh my gosh, you know, you have no don't idea. Don't go to the cloakroom under any mean, circumstances. I hope this means both men and women. Hashtag right. twenty sixteen. Well, the word spouse can account for anyone. All right, but it's not like the Senate wives' dinner, which sometimes is the Senate husbands' dinner, but they, they call it the wives' dinner still, right? Don't they? Right. Anybody so. can be a wife. Hashtag twenty sixteen. Uh, right. All right. Well, so, um, well, the, so, so the Medicaid stress. therapy cuts was one thing, and that was interesting, and that was certainly some news. And, the, and it was posed in conversation with the speaker. On the one hand, you all believe you have to be super compassionate about blowing up and remaking the foster care system. Is that Sheriff Sylvester texting you? No. <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> darn. Not yet. I thought my Facebook Live trick would work. On the other hand, uh, you're not seeming very compassionate on the therapy cuts. What's what to what? And the speaker's response was basically, "Well, in fact, we're going to come back and do a do-over." Right. I thought that the speaker, in classic Speaker Strauss fashion, he is a surgical strike, not a carpet bomb. Oh, he's the one-man he, bomb squad of the Texas well, legislature. But he, he came, he he came in in his things. very gentle, noblesse oblige kind of Straussian way. You know the way Strauss does things. Uh, I, I Strauss, hope you're watching how Evan is. It's too bad only watching this. It's a Straussy way. Strauss came in and said, "I don't think the bathroom bill is really very urgent." He said. I mean, it was like Frank Nitti he in did, the old Capone days. It's not very assassin. urgent. He also said that Sanctuary Man. Cities is not, you know, a huge, uh, they've got bigger fish to fry. And then you pressed him and you were like, wait a second, you know, how come, so where's your agenda, basically? And he was like, well, you know, I'm not elected by the, right. you know, by the state. I'm elected by the legislators. In fact, and he's not speaker yet. And therefore I have. His right, response to me right. could have been, I'll let you know when I'm speaker. But what doesn't, right. right. Yet, uh, the flip side of that coin is, you know, he clearly... Embry should have come up with that one. I'm sure Embry will text me any second. You know, the flip side of this coin, though, is he he does take a stand on restoring cuts to, you know, in this Medicaid program. So it's not like he doesn't have an agenda. He just doesn't want to touch these issues. In reality, on November the 14th, after the election, but before our event Mm -hmm. yesterday, he spoke before the San Antonio Bank Chamber, in which Mm -hmm. he... And he said, basically, my priorities are education. He meant that to be both public and higher. Mm -hmm. Right. Mental health, foster care... The economic development 
climate of the state. He maybe had one more thing, but they were all public basically yeah. well. No, he had mentioned public, but there was like one more thing. But it's basically all like meat and potatoes. Right. It was not like cream cheese stuffed jalapenos. It was like basic food, like just bland, normal. Work with the work of the legislature. It was not a whole lot of stuff that was like sharp, what you refer to as sharp objects on the table. Right. Well, Strauss no never has objects. Strauss never has sharp. This is obje- this is Strauss's way. I mean, right. Strauss, yeah. Strauss. Where the lieutenant governor has a thirty-point program. Has, well, now right. it's twenty-five. Is I mean, he just really. I thought he was released ten more. He just before we came mm-hmm. in here released five more. So it's now up to twenty-five. And in there is a lot of meat and potato stuff, but there's a ton of. It's pretty specific. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. And it's oh, the kind of wait, program, wait. the lieutenant governor's program. Please, trying to make hungry. please don't denigrate lunch hour Cool Ranch though. Doritos, the best food group that exists. Oh you know, Patrick's program looks like a legislative program when Dan Patrick was a senator. The only difference is that he can't put his name on him, so other senators, senators are putting their names on him. But it's going to have a low bill number, and everybody's going to know it's Dan Patrick's bill. Question from Facebook. Will the rebranding of the bathroom bill as the, quote, Women's Privacy Act help to get it passed? Who no. Be opposed to the privacy of women? <laughs> well, Let's you know, the bill— take a voice by— hey, the, bill also, the bill also applies to right. men's room. I mean, it's the it's same the bill. It's just got a different name. It's right. got, you know, you can— I think the concept of a bathroom bill is kind of baked in the cake at this point. Right. Maybe if you use that term like way back in, uh, what was it, like May or June when this all flared up. Right. Maybe. Maybe. It caught on a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe. But at this the point, it's the house, bathroom cake. Yeah. It will prob- Not delicious. <laughs> no, if it, was no just a, if it was just called the Privacy Act, nobody would pay attention to it. Right. It's called bathrooms. No, it's not. It's called the Women's so, so Privacy I, so Act. So here's no. my, here's my you know sort of yeah, right. lo- my long tail from this conversation with Strauss yesterday is basically this. And I unfurled a version of this in the newsroom for the three people who were there, none of whom were actually cared a, a so damn you've, bit you've about tried out these lines? I've tried this out, right. Two years ago, the line was, don't California, my Texas. An interesting conversation two years from now may well be, don't North Carolina, my Texas. The speaker brought up, without my having to bring it up, that the NCAA is bringing a Final Four to San Antonio in 2018. And just as the NCAA made a decision not to have the Final Four in North Carolina over their bathroom bill, right. He is concerned and says that others in San Antonio, business community and not, are concerned that the NCAA and others who might be thinking of coming to Texas are concerned about whether this bill passes and if it does pass, what it means for the state. Uh, uh, Donald Trump won North Carolina convincingly. And North Carolina's Republican governor lost Lost by 6,000 votes. Lost by a few votes. He's still contesting that. A Trump win, yet the loss of the governor's office in North Carolina – because of the bathroom bill. Has yeah. Abbott come out right? and taken any kind of stand on this? Well, he made some remarks uh, kind of throwing his support behind this push at the Texas GOP convention, I mm-hmm. recall. But I think that was the most vocal he ever got about it. I think he's viewed as generally supportive of it, but certainly doesn't have the zeal for it that and, uh, Patrick yeah. appears to have. Well, and, and clearly he's far more supportive, I would imagine, of the business right. community. And when you yeah. have, look, Texans kind of like Donald Trump, they really like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, when Jerry Jones comes out and says, this is going to kill my business in the next year, you bet that the legislators aren't going to be sweating. You're trying to get your football fans back, aren't you? Uh, I already, I'm a little better with the NFL than I am with Honestly, if the bathroom bill was passed by this, if the Women's Privacy Act is passed by this, let's call it by its name. Right. No, let's not. No, let's not call it by its name. Let's not normalize it. Yes. The economic, oh, normalize. Wow. The, the hot word of hashtag 2016 right. is normalize it. Yeah. Um, so let's assume that the Senate passes the bathroom bill. Right. And it finds no purchase in the House. This is going to be 
I'm going to be popping so much popcorn, I'm going to sprain my arm well, popping the popcorn. Well, it's one of the things. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a spectator sport. To, the fight between – you a, thought that the fight over school choice it's was a hand grenade. Oh, it's a hand grenade. In, it's a hand grenade for the Republicans in the Senate and in the House in particular, and maybe in the governor's office, because their voters are overwhelmingly for it. If you polled them on it, it showed up in our poll. It showed up in the polls that Dan Patrick's been touting. Um, Republican voters in particular, but also a fair number of Democratic voters yeah. – are with Patrick on this piece of legislation. On the other hand, you've got. Do you think tech- that's the wording of the polls? I, you know, it, I think that's part of it. It's part of sure. it. Yeah, part of it. And you're partly asking people a question about a thing that most people have never really sat down and thought about. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, there's some stuff there. On the other hand, you have a bunch of businesses, a bunch of names you know running under the rubric of Texas Competes right now that are saying we don't want any laws in the state that would discriminate against this community, LGBTQ community. And um, if well, I'm going to have the T in there because the T is kind well, of the point. Well, it, but, it all just ran together. But, you know, you get this thing where you're a Republican legislator and you're sitting between your voters and economic development. And it's sort of like, here's my ideology. Here are my voters. Why are we voting on this? And I think a lot of legislators are going to react to that. And I know we want to move on. But one thing I think you mentioned on the media panel yesterday, and I think this is a good point that uh, Dan Patrick, you know, is not going to have a lot of national conservative cover on this issue. It's not like right. this is going to coincide with some big congressional push overseen by Donald Trump. I don't. I mean, isn't Trump, Donald oppo- Trump, isn't Trump is, opposed to this? According to, according to some conservatives, he said Donald he was. Trump is opposed to this. I, I thought he said he had, com- he had no interest during the in primaries. This. Ted Cruz attacked him for right. being, a, you know, light on the or a lightweight on this issue. Um, and so I think that's going to be interesting because it's just going to be kind of Dan Patrick out there on his own right. in some ways. Trump is interesting on you know the social conservative piece of the Trump agenda is more or less in line with the conventional social conservative agenda, but for same-sex, actually. Isn't Trump – didn't Trump say in the last couple of weeks that with regard to the same-sex marriage in the Supreme Court, I kind of think that's settled law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been very much not for a bathroom bill. Well, his comment on the bathroom bill was sort of like, I don't care about that. It was more Mm -hmm, more neutral than – Well, and actually on the panel of of, – the issues panel yesterday that you moderated, I thought it was interesting that Sarah Davis, Representative Sarah Davis, Republican of I won – Therefore, I'm liberated to say what I actually think, uh, said, I have not had a single one of my constituents bring up the bathroom issue. She was just point blank on yeah, it. Right, for right. most of these folks, it's a non-issue. Uh, but so has Patrick, there's a, this is a question from Facebook. Has anybody heard Patrick say, you know, no bathroom bill, no budget? Would, would he play hardball? In, in that the way that he said no school choice, no school finance. Right. right. Now, there's been some there's been some saber rattling that I won't blame on the lieutenant governor, but more mm-hmm. sort of people projecting on the lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get the things that he wants, then he can hold up the budget. Um the things that he said he wants, the, the big three are uh, school choice, the bathroom bill, and the property tax mm-hmm. restrictions. Which I, I, I don't know, know which that I he would, would hold up. The property tax thing was SB2. Right. I don't the know. The property that, tax thing had a lower bill number than the bathrooms. Well, the budget's number one. Right. But, that, but what does I that tell you about the priorities of the Senate? I don't know that the lieutenant governor would hold up the whole state budget and the whole process of state government for one of those bills. And behind that, I don't know that the Senate would back him if he did. Mm-hmm. And I'm one more question from Facebook, and then we're going to switch gears because you mentioned SB2. Donna asks, any bets on how SB2, the tax relief, uh, fares when the state needs cash for CPS, public ed, et cetera? Is that Donna Howard? I don't know. Just this <laughs> just question Donna. from Donna. Bobby right. says no, just Donna. Donna. Yeah, SB2 yeah. is aimed less at actually lowering property taxes and more at restricting local government's ability to raise them. So they would be able mm-hmm. to raise them by a much smaller amount without forcing a public vote so the voters could come in on these things, you know, as they do. The argument here is that 
The state keeps spending less money on, for example, public education, which is the main driver of property mm -hmm. taxes. And so local property taxes go up and people complain to the legislature. And so the legislature acts on property taxes instead of putting a bunch of money into public education. This is a democratic argument. Mm -hmm. Instead of putting the money into public education that would lower property taxes, they want to restrict the ability to raise property taxes, keep public education funding where it is. If there's any money involved in this, it's putting money back into schools. The mm -hmm. state spends about $380 per student less now than they did 10 years ago. Wow. Local school districts are now up to 52 or 53% of the total spending on that mm -hmm. stuff. So a lot of tension in school finance. All right. Well, if you're tuning in, you can continue to send questions our way via Facebook. Uh, Patrick, let's pivot to your latest uh, Trump watch. I haven't noticed you staring at that C-SPAN feed of the elevator doors as much I turned lately. it off today. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, what do we know? Who are the... <laughs> He's I been watching... This is the equivalent of watching, <laughs> the, uh, watching the Cardinals for the puff of yeah. smoke. When, 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 when you got up right? to go to the bathroom, I was going to change out your feed from yeah. the actual <laughs> Trump elevator to the elevator from The Shining. <laughs> and so you thought that there was blood it's coming down. Prank, oh, my yeah. God. Somebody <laughs> killed Ray Washburn. In our office, we have the developers in their corner watching kittens on a live stream and we have Patrick watching <laughs> Trump's elevators. One uh, is slightly more stimulating yeah, than the other. Both playing how, with balls of yarn how is it as an aside, how is it that the press corps recognizes Ray Washburn and can't pick out Dan Quayle in a crowd? <laughs> Weird. I, do you yeah. know who Dan Quayle is? I do know who Dan yeah, Quayle is, but no, actually, I, I was among those who saw him walk in the other Bobby, day you know and Dan didn't Quayle immediately is? recognize him. Well, so, you guys are atypical. Potato. You know. Yes, he did misspell potato. Right. So, That's true. Well, we, we've had, I think, five Texans now uh, go to Trump Tower. We had Ted Cruz, Rick Perry, uh, Kathleen Hartnett White from TPPF, Jeb Henserling, um, and then most recently yesterday, Michael McCall, who's reportedly under consideration for the Department of Homeland uh, Security. He did that Homeland without notes. Secretary I want to Jake. observe Svitek, yeah. no notes. He was able to call that list up. Uh, and so far, you know, Trump's continuing to roll out these, these appointments. and <laughs> Working and, on it. Okay. Texans haven't gotten any jobs yet. Uh, Jeb Henserling was under consideration for Treasury Secretary. That ended up going to uh, Stephen uh, Mnuchin. Um, are you sure hey, that's you how you pronounce this? You already it did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I always want to call him Munchkin every time I <laughs> no, see no, it. No, no, you're right. You're I want to call Jeb Henserling Jeb exclamation point Henserling. Oh. I think that may have been the problem. He's <laughs> yeah. like, appoint Jeb to a Jeb. job. What? <laughs> Low energy. Um, but we're still waiting to see, you know, for example, uh, you know, who's going to get DHS secretary, Michael McCall, considered for that. Maybe Rick Perry considered for that. Have we're you still... seen Sid well, Miller? Has Perry, made, has Perry made an appearance? Has Miller made an appearance? Perry uh, has. Perry's been the Trump Tower. He was very quiet about it, though. Didn't talk to reporters on his way Except in. Except for that Instagram picture he posted afterward yeah. of him with some guy in a Speedo <laughs> no, carrying a cow naked cowboy. <laughs> some guy. That's worse than not knowing a damn Oh, my God. You guys. <laughs> wow. like, you don't identify him as a naked cowboy in the caption on the Tribune site. You get fired. What are you talking about? The naked cowboy. All right. My bad. Get yeah. out of Have here. You, has Sid Miller been there? Uh, Sid Miller has not Speaking been there. Speaking of the naked cowboy. <laughs> that should be I our, knew he was going to go there. That I should knew. be our Sid Miller nickname, actually, from now on, the naked cowboy. Um, oh, yeah, this yeah, is going yeah. well. Sid Miller said the other day, though, that he believes or he's been informed or he maybe was just speculating that the Trump transition team is 10 days to two weeks away from considering uh, the USDA role, and so mm. he is basically saying it's all good. Um, you know, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not being, you know, I'm not. Sid Miller's egg timer. <laughs> we start a new website. <laughs> and you just redeemed yourself oh, not you. knowing the naked cowboy. That was great. Thank you. Uh, all right, so um, there was another Texas connection to Trump this week, and that was uh, his really well. Which one of his outlandish Twitter statements? Every morning you wake up and there's a new tweet from. He tweets Trump at 5 a.m. Like, to, to catch the morning shows. Yeah. 
Right. Let's make some news. Um, where he basically tweeted that he that there had been massive, you know, millions of people who voted illegally and voted for Hillary Clinton. And he seemed to be basing that information off of a former Texas health official. Give us the backstory. Yeah, the guy's name is Greg Phillips. Uh, he used to work for the Health and Human Services Commission here in Texas. And um, he is kind of a self-styled, you know, election integrity activist, election fraud fighter. Um, he's There's very... no way that self-styled as a compound <laughs> adjective is ever used positively, right? Come on. Right. Well, he calls himself. Well, he's always a he claims yeah. Honestly, him. though, sure. is he a legit person? I mean, he was. He a, claims he affiliations a... with a number of groups that say they work to, to root out um, fraud in elections. Some of them are more prominent than others. He says he's the founder of an app that helps people report um, alleged incidents of, uh, you know, election abuse and, and fraud. Um, but, you know, this, this whole claim that there were at least 3 million, you know, non-citizens who voted in the election seemed, seems to have originated with his Twitter feed. Um, a number of websites then picked up his Twitter feed. And one of those websites was InfoWars, which is the conspiracy website run by Alex Jones that we all know mm-hmm. Trump is a big fan of. He said he's a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems that, you know, if you follow this, um, uh, timeline, you follow this thread, uh, it seems like he was the source of Trump's claim that millions of people voted illegally in the election. Um, obviously, it's an unsubstantiated claim at this point. People have uh, asked Greg Phillips on Twitter and elsewhere, I believe, for his evidence. He members of the media it, right? have asked him, and he said he's not going to be uh, revealing it to members of the media so they can't uh, spin it, I think is, is how he put it. Um, he said at some point he's going to release it, all his his proof publicly. So I mean, he was a pretty we'll high-ranking wait. official. <laughs> Self-styled did, proof. Did you right? know him at HHSC? I mean, he was a pretty high-ranking official, was he not? Or- yeah, he was way up in the food chain. He was, you know... Um, Under whom? But, but didn't live there long. I can't remember who the commissioner was. It might have been Janik. No. Hawkins? I think it was Hawkins. I think it was the pre-Janik era. The pre-Janik was Eduardo Sanchez. That was he- Department of Health. No. Hawkins. Oh, Health yeah. This is HHSC. 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 Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, anyway, I'm just curious to know how this guy went from HHSC into this universe. I mean, do we know anything about that? Or is he I just a mystery, no, I think mystery his, man? I think his current professional situation is he runs AutoGov, which is a some kind of health insurance reporting system, maybe, or health data reporting Wasn't system. Wasn't it wrapped up in the 21CT contracting was, yeah. deal? I mean, this all has really long legs. There's right, like a does, yeah. big expose waiting to happen here. Patrick? I'm Googling Eduardo Sanchez. I think <laughs> I was right. You, no, you weren't. go for it, but you were wrong. Right, Department of State Health Services. All right. Um, State Health Department. Yes. Yeah, so let's stick on one more Texas Trump story, and that's the revolting elector. Who? Yeah. <laughs> What's revolting about him? Everybody in Austin thinks that all the electors Why don't you are like revolting. Him? Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, tell us about this guy. Sure. So the elector's name is Art Cisneros. He's from Dayton. Um, and he had been critical of Trump for quite some time and, you know, really, um, you know, in, in public had seemed to be uh, grappling with his, you know, with whether he was actually going to uh, cast his ballot for mm-hmm. Trump at when the electoral college. Texas electors legally bound. I don't. I don't think no, so. No, I don't think I don't so. Think he could have changed yeah. his mind, and he decided to yeah. step down instead yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know. So this, you know, I wonder if anybody's sitting pecan pies to all yeah. the electors in Texas. You know? <laughs> but there, he did have a pretty good rationale. I, I, I mean, yeah, he basically said quotes. that you know, uh, voting for Trump in his view would bring dishonor to God. Uh, this seemed like more of a very spiritual and religious based decision for him more than anything, and so he decided to step down. 
um, as an elector instead of uh, voting for Trump or being a faithless elector and voting against Trump and you know voting for someone else. And so he'll be replaced um, when the 38 Texas or 37 now Texas electors meet in Austin in on December 19th. Uh, they'll elect his replacement, and that will probably be someone who's going to vote for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start. When Evan asks me to do things that I don't want to do, I'm going to say it would be a dishonor to God to do those things. I, I just refer to you all yeah. the time as a faithless editor-in-chief. <laughs> I'm going to be faithless on account yeah. of my faith. And this guy's interesting. I, like I mean, he, he, as you saw, he had a pretty long piece explaining why he's stepping down. And if you look into his background a little more, he seems to be someone who uh, is more of a traditionalist when it comes to Electoral College. Seems and believes, like a really honorable person. Yeah, and it believes like, it, you know— believes that it shouldn't be just a rubber stamp for the popular vote or for the popular vote within the state. All right. So I'm going to ask some really unpopular, like Dan Quayle level questions here. Okay. So when does the Electoral College meet and where does it meet? Does it uh, meet or do you just do yeah, this All remotely? electors meet to, are, are scheduled to meet December 19th in state capitals across the country. And so, so you just... Texas is 38 electors and uh, maybe there are alternatives too, depending on the situation. We'll meet right. here in Austin. I don't know if it's like at a... Hyatt Regency or Lavaza, but I mean, can you like stand at Lavaza? Meanwhile, in a coffee shop near you, no one should meet. I actually like that. That would that would restore my faith in the process. Tyler Norris is an elector. What is it? Who goes to Lavaza? Only like certain specific people, not me. Yeah, I don't know where they're meeting though, but it should be here in Austin. And so, does anyone like stand outside and picket the electors, or I mean? You know, yeah. how does it work? They do now, probably. Well, yeah. in the age of Twitter, this is probably more of a thing, right? Right. They're going to be out there harassing yeah. them. And well, this I was mean, the yeah. sort of invisible part of the election process. In this election, nothing's invisible, you know. A uh, question from Anne on Facebook. Isn't isn't the elector allowing it to be rubber stamped by stepping down? Yes, in some ways he is. Um, but as we said, you know, it seems at this juncture, even though he does have this kind of view against uh, letting the Electoral College be rubber stamp, at this juncture, it seems like his decision is more motivated by him wanting to be personally at peace with God. He's and, voting his conscience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I continue well, to be amazed at the shit that Svitek knows, I have to tell you. Well, he did write the story but on it. He's he, supposed to Where know. did you get, like, you know this, the, how, how do you I read his whole blog story? post. I tried to understand it, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, you're no, I mean, showing I think up prepared yeah. for this podcast yeah. to seriously right. begin to piss Some of me us off. actually do homework ahead of time. <laughs> Somebody asked me if there was homework done for this podcast, and I guess they were talking about you two. Yes, yeah. it's me and Patrick. The yeah. two of you just come so, in yeah, here and gloviate. Like he's gotten, you know, beyond, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. even in his post, he did I, I say, I'm not that. denying that Donald Trump's yes. going to ultimately win. I'm not trying to derail that. He basically he's not says, Jill Stein. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not calling for a recount. All right, so I said I wasn't going to talk about. Donald Trump anymore, but I do have one more question, and that is about Ted Cruz. So Ted Cruz, um, Chief Justice, potential Chief Justice Ted Cruz, have he I'm and it right now. have he no. and Trump officially buried the hatchet? They didn't dine on frog legs. That's true. Like Mitt <laughs> was Romney that picture, did. Was that picture of Donald Trump and Mitt Romney not the most hilarious picture ever committed? <laughs> I can't believe they ate frog legs. It's like getting your picture taken in a restaurant on prom night. Also, there was like the the, be- the best part was frog legs was good, but the best part was they had like. Like baby garlic soup. They had there was like yeah. some modifier to garlic. I didn't know you could modify garlic. I thought it was all, all garlic. garlic is pretty don't, baby. Don't yeah, don't garlic babies garlic. have a lobby? <laughs> <laughs> garlic babies. I I mean I just didn't know people still ate frog legs. Wow. Garlic yeah, they do. Anyway, I, like I was asking about Ted Cruz. So Ted Cruz went on what was it Fox News this week or over uh, the he weekend? Went on a Sunday show Sunday for the show. first time I believe since the primaries actually. He was on ABC's uh, This Week. And what did he say about uh, Donald Trump? You know, he just continued to say that I'm ready to work with Donald Trump. He 
praised the transition process, said that Trump's putting together a strong, impressive team. And, um, you know, if you do look at the, the appointments that some of the appointments that Trump has made thus far, there are members of kind of the conservative establishment, if you want to call it that, that Cruz would probably be considered a member of at this mm-hmm. point, to be right. honest. Um, and so you so can who, see who how those... who are you those... thinking of specifically? Betsy DeVos? Yeah, Jeff Sessions, you know, Sessions. Um, you know, pretty, you know, uh, established conservatives, um, you know, well-known and, and respected by people like Ted Cruz. And so I, I think he's certainly telling the truth when he says he's impressed with the appointments that are made so far. That's what Mitt Romney said yeah. also. And he also used the, you know, also used the Sunday show appearance to rail against people, Democrats in particular, who didn't... Uh, issue strong enough statements uh, on the death of Fidel Castro. I think that was the main purpose of getting him on that show Sunday morning. He was really just pissed at Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> well, always get pissed at the cute ones. Like, I must say, <laughs> love Justin Trudeau. Oh, he's totally cute. Uh, okay, let's... So predictable. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm not the only one uh, predictable one on this podcast, let's just That's say. That's probably right. Um, so Greg Abbott came out swinging this week in the aftermath of this uh, stabbing at Ohio State. This, um, this it, it was a Somali guy, right? Who refugee? Uh, refugee. But he was uh, the, the status of this person was that he was he was a legal permanent legal. resident, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, right. And so it's, yeah, it's not a straightforward story, but you know, in a political right. context. But the first comments I saw that Abbott made were actually around campus carry, right? Campus carry. Yeah, this got this got the most yeah. attention. He actually. Uh, landed a few cable news appearances after tweeting that he would sign a sanctuary cities bill, mm-hmm. which is not news to those of us here in, in, in Austin, but he got a lot of attention, I think, because sanctuary cities is obviously a part of the national Also claimed to have now. defunded sanctuary cities, and then there was some question cast about whether yeah. that's in fact yeah. true. He, he pulled some he funding pulled, from sheriff's offices yes, from thank grants. You. Yep, exactly. But anyways, as part of this little media tour he did off the sanctuary cities tweet, he was asked about the OSU attack, which mm-hmm. happened to coincide with his appearances. And um, on one show, he was asked particularly um, about, you know, the concept of campus carry uh, and whether that would have prevented something like this attack. And, you know, he said that in a state like Texas, you know, someone would think twice about carrying out Mm -hmm. such an attack on a campus here because they could be immediately gunned down. Those Mm -hmm. were his words. And so, um, you know, I think that's what got the most attention out of his his appearances on the cable news. Mm hmm. All right, anything y'all want to throw in? The temperature in this room has become like 150 degrees, so I'm ready to wrap <laughs> I, I it up. I would observe that the only difference on this podcast versus others is that the photo intern, Tim Park, is in here, <laughs> who apparently is bringing the heat like a member of the Fantastic Four or something, you know. <laughs> so I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> We're not allowed to have well, him in here again. Welcome to the Tribcast. Evan's already asking what your problem is, so you've made it. <laughs> right. All right, well, on the team. That's all the time we have. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can email them to Tribcast at TexasTribune.org. You can also t- sign up for Tribcast alerts at TexasTribune.org slash Tribcast. Thanks to Shine Your Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, and of course, Tim, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. I, look at his tweet I storm and he'll know. I can't deal with other people's drama. I have my own drama to deal with. But I'm being asked to deal Dude, with other people's Try being the editor of this newsroom. It's like all I do.